Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Fine Tune Tuesday. My name is Aaliyah. I am the host of this wonderful podcast, and I am just so incredibly happy that you are here. Episode one, the twists and turns of the 20s is a synopsis of all of the wild and unexpected things we experience as young adults. My guests and I talk about relationships and dating, managing our finances, navigating the workplace, learning how to ask for help, and so much more. If anything, I hope that you are able to relate to our stories, laugh a little, and perhaps jot down a few notes. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the first episode. I am especially excited to have these three beautiful guests um, on this episode. These are three of my very close friends um, that I had the wonderful pleasure of experiencing life in Chicago with. And so without further ado, I'll have each of my guests introduce themselves. I guess I'll go first. (laughs) Becky, go ahead. Um, My name is Rebecca or Becky, whatever you feel like calling me. Um, I'm currently, I just moved back home to Cleveland, Ohio while I transition um, into moving to Miami. So that's exciting. Um, yeah, I am a recruitment consultant for a oil and gas company that's now focusing in renewables. So that's a, a fun new venture for me. Oh, I didn't know you were from Cleveland. I'm yeah. From Cleveland. <laughs> um, my name is Tristan Hall. Um, I am currently in Cincinnati. Well, yeah, in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I'm in my second year of my PhD program in um, student affairs and higher education, or if you want to just be simple, educational leadership. Um, So yeah, that is me. Um, My research is really focused on how to build um, the challenges to building community within um, like groups of people of color. And so interested in learning more about that. Um, I'm Marcus, I'm also originally from Ohio, um, so it's cool to have all Ohio people in this. Um, I currently live in Oxford, Mississippi, where I work at the University of Mississippi um, in fraternity and sorority life. I'm an assistant director and I advise the National Pedalytic Council there. I did not even like think about the fact that all y'all are from like Ohio and that's very interesting. <laughs> all these Ohio- I think we're all from the biggest cities in Ohio too. Yeah, I literally did not even <laughs> those together that's hilarious um so uh, just so the audience knows we're we're recording here on november 5th and so the elections are still going on we're still awaiting to um find out who our president will be so i think a great question for the group is just how are y'all feeling like what's going on in your in your life how are you handling this unprecedented time I think like I keep telling myself everything is fine, but like the world is not fine. So, you know, if if both can be true, I am as fine as fine can be in my relative space while also knowing that that everything around me is on fire and underwater. Absolutely. If it's on fire and underwater, then the fire's (laughs) put out. I just want to say. But it's not though. <laughs> Everything is both. Chaos. It's not. <laughs> it's pure chaos. It's pure chaos. I don't know how anything works anymore. Yeah. No, no. I, I feel like I'm in a similar spot almost. Um, like I was living on my own in Chicago. So now that I'm like with family again, it's nice to like have that serenity of like family. Um, but I'm just also anxious. I'm, I said I'm from Cleveland, but like I'm from a smaller suburb of Cleveland. So it's like the anxiety of how this election is going to turn out, what, how our lives are going to change after it, the coronavirus. Like it's just, it's so much going on. And it's like for brief moments, like we forget about like one thing or the other and we focus on another disaster or whatever it is. And it's just like, we're just hopping from like one fire to another, to another, to another. It's like, when is it all going to end? Yeah, this time is pretty, uh, 
pretty sucky. I can't, I'm, I'm like struggling to see the, the silver lining, except for like, oh, I have my home. Like, you know, like I'm grateful for the things that I do have, but it is like, so uh, transparency, transparency, my personal life is like blowing up while the world is blowing up. And so that's no fun. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, because where do you, like, that's where I go to find peace. And like, there is no peace there. So I've been struggling this week, like, been struggling trying to push through it's interesting that i think like a few of us are going through like a transitional period right now um but i, I really want to know just with where y'all are at right now in life like did you expect this i think we're all 25 if i'm pretty sure um 25 or becky how old are you 26 26 i'm the old one yeah you're <laughs> granny in the group but like how like how have the 20s been to you so far like what what has been expected what are you enjoying that you didn't think that you would like what's what's going on they're definitely not like going as younger me would have expected for sure definitely not no way in life would any age of me ever said that i would live in mississippi ever <laughs> um so you know, I think things have just gone not left field because that's kind of a negative, but things have just been um, an unexpected left, I think, like probably since my 20th birthday. Um, so a lot of good has come from that, but also a lot of what the fuck is this? Like, oh, this is a thing? Like, furniture is expensive. Little shit like that. It's just like, God, why? I had to buy a rug and that. <sighs> I said, oh. expensive for no reason. For no reason. Like everything costs money. You walk I don't know how house, my- you pay like $50 off rip just, just for walking out. Like that's weird. <laughs> fun costs money. Why does fun cost money? <laughs> and I don't make enough of it. So I don't know. It's funny because I. Like when I was younger, and I remember like really vividly, like when I graduated high school, I had a huge like celebration, you know, graduation party. And my family's Nigerian, so it's like everyone came out, everyone brought money. It was great. Like I, I specifically remember leaving that party, and I had twenty one hundred dollars in hand, and I was living my life. I was like, wow, I've got all this money. I just, and now if you give me twenty one hundred dollars it will legitimately get spent, especially if you're giving it to me at the end of the month. Oh, by the time, like the, the what, third, I'm already 80% through it. So yeah, I feel that. I feel, I feel that. that. I get paid monthly, actually. And so, you know, today is the fifth. Uh, <laughs> all my bills are paid, but um, my bank account's not looking too great. <laughs> and I gotta wait till the 30th of November to get paid again. The 20s are not it. And it's interesting because, like, I don't know about y'all, but I remember when I first got my, like, salary-paid job, right? And just to be honest, it was, like, $39,000. And at first, I was like, oh, this is about to be a lot of money. Like, I've never gotten paid salary before. You know, this was when I was living in Chicago. And the money like i literally had nothing like actually i was considered low income living in chicago with thirty nine thousand dollars, and so now that i make more than that it's still not a lot like i just feel like i keep making more but it's still actually not that much especially for like living in dc so how have y'all because all of us are have lived by ourselves how have y'all adjusted to like just budgeting for bills but also for having fun and if you don't have money, having honest conversations with your friends of like, yo, I can't fade, I don't have the money. I'll be honest. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, I was just gonna say like, just to kind of like merge both questions of yours um, together for me, like I never thought that I'd be in the position that I am in like right now, um, just for like transparency purposes. Um, like my first job out of out of college, my first salary job, it was like I was at, you know, $52,000 and I was living my life. You know, I lived in a hotel. I thought that I was just it. <laughs> and my friends, like, well, they, even when Aaliyah first met me, she was like, oh, yeah, like, 
do you like are you rich like what, what is going on like you always have money like you're looking at a hotel what is going on um but like now it's just like I have to budget and I have to you know do all this stuff and luckily for me my dad's an accountant so like he like taught me a lot about like how to do that kind of stuff um so like I, I did kind of lock out on that part but like it's still really difficult because all you want to do is like make money and spend your money like you've earned it you want to have fun but like how, how do you tell your friends like hey like sorry, I've only got $15 to end the day, you know, like it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm really lucky to have friends who understand my financial situation um, and are willing, uh, like some of them, some of my friends are, most of my friends are doing, I would say better than me. So unlike many of you, I haven't had a salaried job yet. Um, I'm still living that stipend life, which I mean, it's a hustle. I got like three, three side hustles just, just to support my main hustle. Um, and you know, my friends who are doing better than me, like do understand that. And like, will be like, Oh, like I got your drink here or like, Hey, you want to go to this thing? Uh, I, Ooh, I don't know about the price. Oh, okay. It's so a cool. I got it. And not everybody does that because some of my friends aren't doing as well as me, especially with the pandemic, like people have lost jobs. Um, and so like I do that for others or I'm, I'm willing to do that for others too. Um, that's, I feel like that's the name of the game in the twenties is like, you know, some people be like, Oh, like, watch who your circle is with, like only be with winners and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, we are in our twenties, bro. Things happen. <laughs> like you got to be there for your friends. If you hope that your friends will be there for you. Mm -hmm. That's uh, so yes, yeah, similar boat. I think I, I definitely did have to like, you know, learn very loosely learn to budget. Um, just the fact that, you know, we've all, you know, kind of lived on our own. And I think for me being, so far away from home, you know, it, I, it really is just on me as far as, you know, how my finance is going. Like Tristan said, you know, things happen and you have to rely um, on the people who really have you. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned in my 20s that, you know, it's okay to even rely on my parents for help. Um, and I think sometimes I take that for granted a lot because not everybody, you know, either has parents around or has parents who are willing to, you know, provide them help in their time of need, you know, after they reach the age of 18, which is some weird American shit that we do. But um, having to get comfortable with like, if something happens to my car and I know I don't have it, asking my dad for help has like probably been the biggest blessing and the biggest like hurdle I've had to overcome in my 20s. That's such a good point, um, Marcus, because I think that's one thing I really struggle with in the 20s is asking for help. I am terrible. I mean, I will be going through the worst times and not tell anyone and then just be sitting with myself like anxious. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what that's about, but literally like there was a period where I was unemployed for about three months out here in D.C. If you know anything about D.C., it's a very expensive and... I was just doing Instacart, like struggling to pay rent. And I had people offering to help me, you know, like my partner, you know, my friends. And I was just like, no, I don't want your help. Like, I'm just going to do it myself. Um, but, but I don't know, like, how have y'all maneuvered being vulnerable and brave enough to just like when you're going through, like, I'm not even just financial stuff, but just anything in general to be like, hey, y'all. Like, I'm not doing okay, because I know for me, I'm headstrong, and I'm just trying to get through it and not ask. For me, it's still a struggle of mine. I, I'm fortunate enough that, like, I'm in a position where I don't have to really ask for help as much. But it was a really humbling moment for me when I got fired from my job. I, like this drastic change of like making all this money living in a hotel to like now I'm in my first apartment, I'm paying a thousand dollars in rent and I have no income, you know? So like, it was super humbling. And 
you know, I started a new job and luckily I had friends there that, that, you know, were offering to, you know, help pay bills for me. But it's just like, it takes you to this really like low place of like, if I can't provide for myself, what am I even doing here? And so like, I, I just struggled with, you know, being transparent enough, even with my parents or just being like, hey, like I need help because to me, like it was a sign of defeat. It was like, you know, you're doing something wrong. You're in a place where you shouldn't be. So like, you know, like, why are you even continuing through this? Well, that's real, you know. Yeah, same. I, I don't think I figured it out yet. I, I had these kind of conversations with my supervisors maybe too often um, with my just inability to reach out when I'm, you know, drowning in work. Because um, it, it is a sign of weakness. It's like, well, if I can't do everything, then I, the hell am I here for? You know, I shouldn't be doing, I shouldn't be here doing anything if I can't do everything that I'm asked to do or everything that I take on, even if I take on stuff I shouldn't, you know, necessarily do like that. So I don't know. It, it's, I think for people of color, specifically, definitely black people in general, it's hard to ask for help because that's not a lesson that you get taught. Absolutely. I see it a little bit, a little bit differently. Um, and not in the way that I like, I think it is really, really hard to ask for help. Um, but on one hand, like, I think my family in a lot of ways has made it easy for me because they like, they know my financial situation. They know, they know where I'm at. So it's like, they, they offer to help sometimes, um, not with like my rent or anything, but like here and there, um, or like other things to where it's like, I don't have to ask or like, uh, they've covered, they've helped me cover some, some bigger expenses. So I can be like, all right, I'm about to focus on these, these things. Um, and because they, you know, they have done that, um, it has made it easier of like, okay, I don't, I don't have to, it's not a sign of, it doesn't feel like a sign of weakness for me. It feels like a sign of strength of like, that's what your community is for. Like they're supposed to be, you know what I mean? Like we're here, we're supposed to be here for each other. Um, and it takes a village really. And so it makes me feel like, okay, this is a collect, like, this is a collective, like by you investing in me, like, hopefully I'll have it to be able to invest back. Like, um, and so it, it, it has helped in that way. And my friends, I feel like emotionally, I'm still working on seeking, seeking help, but it has helped like i feel like a lot of people lean on me emotionally and i have to ask myself like hey like do you think they're weak for doing that like do you think they're weak for calling you crying or calling you this and i would never you know what i mean like you have to treat people like treat yourself like you would treat your friends and like i don't i would never see my friends badly for them asking help and so i try not i try not to feel bad when i when i need it and i'm still working on being more vocal i know me and Aaliyah know this because we both be suffering in silence. <laughs> Girl, suffering in silence. Live, if we live together, there would be times when either one of us would just be bawling our eyes out in our bedrooms solo, like the other person wasn't across the hall. Solo. Oh, I'm gonna get through this. Like I'm gonna get through <laughs> it. I'll tell you about it later, but I'm I'm gonna get through this right now. Right now I'm gonna just cry. I might tell you next week, but right now I'm gonna I'm gonna and and I think this is really interesting, and, and I think because all of us have moved to a new city before, I want to know, let, let's talk about, like, building that community in a new city, because I think that's also the difficult part about it is going through such a huge transition that is moving to a new city, a big city like Chicago, and still feeling comfortable to reach out to our new community to say, hey, I don't have it together now. Like, how did you all build relationships one and then you know what helped you build that comfort out of curiosity all of us moving to chicago did we all know somebody like at least one person in the chicago like area i knew tristan so. yeah i knew you knew no one marcus no no i had some people wow. from undergrad that had moved there but not like not to the level where we like hung out and stuff so now the only reason I ask is because obviously that makes it like a little bit easier. So like, that's how I met Aaliyah. Like I met her through a friend of a friend of a friend. So it's like, um, for me, like building those relationships came easier. 
um, because I, I was super fortunate to have at least one friend there who had other friends that she was willing to like kind of integrate me into her circle. Um, and then obviously we were able to like, I'm very big on like how I feel around people. So like, obviously I was able to like immediately, I was able to meet Marcus. I was able to meet Tristan. So it's like, it's great. Like I, I was able to like integrate myself with like new people, find them, enjoy their presence. Mm. That's kind of how me and Marcus met in a way because my, yeah. one of my best friends is Marcus's frat brother. So that's how it was like you know somebody who knows somebody but you might not know like you might not have known we didn't know that each other was moving to Chicago it wasn't until we both got there till he texted me like hey do you know somebody named Marcus I think he's in your program I was like no who's that he was like oh well he's a noob so you should be friends with him <laughs> yeah shout out to Ethan for sure definitely shout out to that um uh I mean I'm I'm so blessed and for the program and I'm I'm learning now without school. Um, exactly, <laughs> it's really difficult um, to find community uh, without you know that kind of platform behind it. But shout out to the program, because um, I mean you know I met you through Tristan, and that you know relationship has blossomed, and I met so many other great people through y'all too too as well. So yeah, but without school, damn, it's it's hard. It's harder now than it was moving to Chicago for sure. So this is like selfishly for me, but like, how have you adjusted? How have you like found people? Like I'm moving soon. So I, I genuinely like need to know. <laughs> um, lucky for me, the people I work with are very intentional um, about spending time with each other, being vulnerable with each other. Me and my supervisor have a really, really great relationship. And I don't live too far from the city. I'm about an hour away from Memphis. And I have um, some really good friends that I went to high school with that live in Memphis now. So I've kind of inserted myself into their friend group. So, mm. but work, you know, was the first one for sure, which is great. But um, all of us have talked about, you know, the lack of relationships that we built outside of the office, as far as the people who are new to the job. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting because, um, I think a lot about folks who start jobs now, but are doing it virtually because that changes the game. Like I started my new, I started my job virtually and it is so hard for me to feel close to this team. Like I keep trying, but there's nothing like knowing people in person. And so I don't know how things will be. It's just, it's, you know, it's unpredictable, but um, girl, I think, I think in, in the case of like virtual, it's just being super intentional with your team about letting it be known that like you care to have interactions that are not about work. Like I've really had to do that. Like, hey, let's do a book club. Like, and re like really, I have to put myself out there or else I'm not going to get the outcome I seek in terms of like work friends. See, like my, my biggest fear, vulnerable moment is like, you know, I'm moving to Miami. Like I, I'm working remote with the same company. So yeah, I also have like, my company connections and those people that I've been so close with in the office, but I'm going to be in the house all the time. Like, where am I even going to, to find somebody? Where am I going to meet somebody? Like I joked around with my boyfriend that like bumble for friends, like, but like, honestly, like we're in a pandemic, we're working from home. Like there's so little human interaction now. So it, it's going to be difficult. Shameless mm. plug. I'm not going to lie. I have used Mumble for friends. So yeah. like, I know, I know people here or like, because I have, I went to undergrad in Cincinnati. So it's like, I had some friends and then I have school. Um, but I live like 35 minutes from the city and I live 35 minutes from school. And so I'm stuck in this like random middle place where I don't know anybody. Uh, and I was like, I want some friends that live by me. Did I find any? No, but it was cool. Like I was at least like, I'm going to put myself out here. Ohio was a weird place. So I wasn't really expecting a whole lot, but in Miami, like I'm sure you can find friends on Bumble for friends. Um, and it was, I mean, it's cool to, I did find some people who are ended up being my friend, like not on Bumble for friends, but on other apps. Um, and I'm like, Oh, like y'all are actually cool peoples. Like people who are also in PhD programs um, or in education, I didn't expect it. I would say like Facebook groups too, as much as I hate Facebook because I think it's for old people. Um, 
we were definitely me and my coworker were geared and ready to go because um, Oxford has a young professionals Facebook group where they go out, you know, to the different bars and stuff. And literally the week we're like, we're about to go in right second March hits, and right before March hit, the whole world shut down. So, but hopefully by now, you know, there's probably tons of Facebook groups in Miami to do all kinds of you know cool stuff. So. Since y'all talking about Bumble, <laughs> I'd love to talk about dating <laughs> and how that has been for us uh, in our 20s. Like even thinking about how we approach dating like in our early 20s, we were also in college to how we're feeling now. Like Becky, you're about to move in with your boyfriend. Like what's going on with all of us? Like how, how are we feeling about dating? What are we learning? I feel like dating in your 20s is it can either be like really good or like really awful um and sometimes I can feel like there can be a middle ground but it's like especially in your early 20s you're still finding yourself in some cases like you're still in college you're some people are still deciding their majors they don't know what they want to do with their lives like they don't even know like themselves as a person so like it's hard to and I'm in a book club with Aaliyah so it's like a lot of what they talk about is like learning yourself first and loving yourself first. So it's tough to, you know, like get, jump into something with someone else when you don't know yourself as well as you could and you don't love yourself the way that you should yet. So, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I've been with my boyfriend since we were in college. So like that, that definitely helped things out. And I often tell him like, I don't know how I would like navigate dating right now like it, it sounds awful <laughs> like I, I would hate it so yeah he's like hmm. <laughs> um I think I, I think I definitely have a different outlook on it I was anti-dating in college I thought it was stupid no offense I just didn't see the point of it which was a mistake by me I see the error in my way of thinking now that I'm a little older um but now I mean I, I definitely and more open to it. But I think, Becca, you were kind of talking about the, like learning yourself piece. Um, I think I learned so much about me in Chicago just because everything that was going on that I think the stage I'm in now is kind of the unpacking stage of that. Especially seeing as I didn't, you know, really spend a lot of time before the moves, it was kind of like school's over. Okay, great, now go work. Um, I think now I'm starting to, maybe not know myself, but like understand me for me and have a better understanding of what I'm actually looking for in a partner, what's actually gonna make me happy instead of just what I think that I want because society has told me what I want. Mm. But it's still a, a long work in progress. <laughs> a mess. Dating in your 20s is a, is a mess. Um, I feel like I'm learning one, I guess that I'm a serial monogamist, which I don't know that that's a, a great, I don't know that it's okay. It's great because I've gotten a lot of relationship experience. And so now, like, I feel like I know, I do know what I want. Well, I, yeah, I know what I want. I know what I want and I, what I, what I need out of a relationship. Um, do I know how to stay in one? I don't know. That's the real kicker. Relationships are hard. Um, relationships are really hard and they're a choice, which is something that I'm, I'm learning that in my early 20s, I definitely didn't know. I was like, I don't like this person, I'm gonna leave or I'm gonna cheat or I'm gonna do this or I'm gonna do that. I mean, to be really, really real. Um, or, you know, so I don't know. Um, but I'm learning that like, you might know what you want and even in the like being in a relationship is like knowing what you want and even in the moments when you feel like you're not getting it like you're trying to decide all right is this person is this person and the like the love that we have is it worth all of the the bs that you're going to go through um or you know what i mean or or, or or is it like your need is not being met and like you gotta you gotta jump ship um, I don't know the answers to those questions, but mm. I don't like this. Um, 
You mentioned, you mentioned an interesting point because like I'm also a serial monogamous. I was talking the other day. I was like, the longest I've been single for real, like I was single pretty much all of my freshman year in college. And then for a hot like three months. I mean, it's really tough because technically I've been single. Okay, technically. Technically I was single for a while, but like single, single, I have no ties to nobody. Hot three months when I first moved to Chicago. But other than that, like I've been booed up. Like I've been, someone's been on my mind. And so at that point, I don't think I'm single. And I I think like a challenging part about being a serial, serial monogamous is I have had to learn how to like individually grow while dating somebody. And there's definitely pros and cons to that because on the pro side, when you're in a relationship, I don't know if y'all have experienced this, is like that person's going to call you out. That person's not going to let you get away with the same stuff that you would if you were single, right? Because if I'm single, one, I don't care about what y'all are saying to me, but also there's likely no one's really telling me about myself. Like it's not like I'm meeting somebody and they're like, oh, Aaliyah, you need to work on your communication. And if they're saying that, I'm like, you don't even know who I am. So I think like being in relationships has helped me mature a lot in certain areas. But I think the the con to that, I think like, you know, Becky was alluding to is this, um, this sense of self-love and truly being content with self so much that you know yourself well enough to know when someone is an additive or not. And without that, and like being in a relationship and learning those things is very tricky because like Tristan said, like you have to choose someone every day. And that's, I mean, we change like literally, I mean, I change every week. So imagine I'm going through all of this with like another person, it's hard. And that term serial monogamous is so hilarious to me. <laughs> Me too, Marcus. <laughs> Ken, uh, not really. Relationship, back away. What are you doing? Get away. Marcus, you've been single for a long time. Yeah, pretty much my whole life, except for that one time. How do you, how do you, so let me ask you, since we're like, we're getting older and you've been single for so long, like, like, are you, are you preparing yourself for like a, like a partner or what does that look like? Like, how do you think that you're going to navigate letting go of like this independence you've held on to for so long? Ooh, damn. The way you phrased it made me not want to give up my independence. Okay. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I think I do regret, man, regrets are not a good word. I do wish I would have got some relationship experience because um, I did learn a whole lot with the little bit that I got um, in that season of my life. <sighs> but as far as like navigating how to move on from what I've learned and apply that to a future relationship, I do not know. And I've spent so much time by myself and my time with me is so comforting. Um, it, would, it would be a big transition for me to learn how to not solely live for me i think i could do it because i have a lot of love to give um but it's a different beast when you are really like tristan said you know choosing someone else over you that would be hard to do um but i think it's possible i think when i find the person who chooses me over them i have a question for y'all and it's it's about it's really about becoming so comfortable with yourself that you are no longer wearing a mask around others. Just for background, I feel like Chicago was really the first time when I stepped into like, this is who I am, I don't care. And then I ended up having such genuine friendships that are lifelong, literally because I stopped trying to be anyone other than myself. And I don't know if y'all experienced that, but I think like mid-20s really allowed me to kind of step into this very authentic self? Um, I, so I 100% agree with your statement. Like, um, that, that's what your 20s is for. Like, you're, you're figuring yourself out. You're, you know, becoming who that end person is going to be, right? So I would say that my journey to that, like, 
quote unquote, like self-actualization is not even close to being done. Um, which is why I kind of struggled to answer the question. Like I'm still like growing into like myself because there are challenges, hurdles, like um, positive things that happen like every single day, every single week, every single month that like continue to shape me. Um, so yeah, it's been a journey. I think that I'm like hitting my peak, but like I would definitely say it's like a continuous journey. I think <clears throat> something that I think I have really come to learn from myself in my 20s is like just being comfortable in my skin and with my body. Um, I like, for transparency sakes, I have struggled a lot with just like what presenting masculinity looks like. Um, and I think in college, I was still very attached to like a lot of like my toxic ideas of masculinity um, and not comfortable with displaying it in the way that was just comfortable to me. And it really wasn't until I left everybody that I knew and moved to Chicago and was just around new people who had no idea of my previous life, um, was around personalities, um, identities, all these things that I've never, you know, blew my, lens of life completely out of the water. Um, so that setting kind of allowed me to take, you know, take more risks with, you know, the way I dress or the mannerisms that I do. Um, like college me would never have sat cross-legged, you know, around a bunch of dudes on a train, you know, for sure the hell not. Um, 21 year old me would have never got my nails painted, thought about it, flirted with the idea a lot of times, but were just not comfortable enough with who I was and who I, or not comfortable enough with how other people would perceive me and judge me based on how either I act or how I present it myself. But I think as I get older, as I experience new places and new people, um, I am more comfortable showing up in rooms just, you know, as me and not caring what somebody thinks, you know. I've been asked, I've been asked if I'm gay so many times that it doesn't even fit me no more. So if that kind of answers, you know, what you were, your question. I feel like playing off of that, obviously like we're all, you know, people of color. So it's like, even at least for me, my experience in Ohio was there was one other person that like I could call like a friend who was black at my high school. And like, she wasn't even like dark skinned black. So it's like, having this identity of like a dark skin plus size black woman. It's just like, bang, 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 bang. Like all these like hits, you know? So like getting to Chicago, very similar to what Marcus said, like I saw way more people that look like me, like all shapes and sizes. I'm not just, you know, hanging out with people who are a little stick thin, you know what I mean? Like I've got pe different people, different colors, different nationalities, creeds, whatever it was, it just, I, I think moving from Ohio and the other small cities that I've lived in before Chicago just really like made my experience in Chicago so special in like that journey I talked about of, you know, knowing and loving myself. Yeah, I think there, there is something like, like Marcus, you also said like, um, like being in a new place and like where nobody knows no one knows like who you were before, um, really did wonders for my self-esteem and my confidence. Um, like, I feel like I turned into like a new person or I, maybe I didn't turn into a new person. I just learned a, a different person that I could be. Um, and especially like moving back to somewhere where I have already lived, like I can see how that has regressed a little bit. Um, not completely. Um, not completely more so just because I'm I'm a homebody like I said like nobody lives near me I live in the middle of no not really but like I think compared to where where you all know like in Chicago like I live in the middle of nowhere um it's not it's not ritzy it's there's a Kroger's and an Aldi <laughs> like that people are like what do you do for fun in Fairfield oh I go to Kroger <laughs> I don't I don't do anything out here um so it's like I've had to I've had to actively fight against that, like actively fight against um, 
falling into old patterns and actively, um, I don't know, I was like, right before I left Chicago, I was really like questioning some things about myself, like about my gender identity, about who I am. And when I got back to Ohio, like it felt very easy to be like, you know what? Nope, I'm not going to do any. Nope, I'm going to I'm going to fall in line. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, but it's a it's different. Like, it's not like it feels like it's welcomed. It feels like I have to actively be like, no, like this is who I am um, and be that annoying person who's always like. I'm this, I'm that, you know, you, we all know those people. Um, and that's who I am now, which is fine. Like, I'm fine with that because people need to to hear it. Um, I don't know, but I'm still, I'm still learning. I can't wait till I like move out of here and can continue to be somebody, I don't know, be somebody else. Um, Cause Ohio is, is not the place. You know, I think that's, you know, I, um, I, I align with something that each of you said, but there's something really beautiful about the opportunity to start over. And it's, it's, it's um, like, I think for me, when I first moved to Chicago, it was for grad school, but a lot of it was because I was trying to escape Denver, Colorado. I said, this, this right here, too many people know me and I don't like who I am here. I just don't like it. And so something that I experienced though that's a little bit different than what y'all talked about is like I fell more in love with my identity especially as identifying as a queer person I think also living with Tristan helped me right because um there were things about Tristan about you Tristan that um inspired me to just to be more by myself and it was quite literally like how you would dress in the world and just you just how you you know I felt like you you were so comfortable with who you were and I always like shied away from certain things. And so um, I think something that I'm experiencing now is a lot of the things that I try to escape in Denver have caught up to me. And those are the more so like mental, emotional challenges that I was like, nah, peace. Like I'm just, I'm, a, I'm good. Like I'm a go. And so now I'm like getting hit hard, <laughs> getting hit real hard with some, some of those, some of those, I like, trauma pieces honestly that I ran away from and I don't know if y'all experienced that but it's 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 quite interesting how it's it's like full circle yeah I, I feel like I I 100% agree with that Aaliyah like and I for me I wasn't able to fully escape it um because of social media like I was still like very much attached to my hometown like through the people that I followed um and just like seeing how their like lives shaped out like because when i was in high school here that's exactly like how their lives are going that's exactly how i thought my life was going like minus like a few details here or there but like i definitely thought that i was going to be that person to like meet somebody in college get married right away like have babies right away you know what i mean so it's like so many things that i like tried to escape from caught up to me like earlier than i wanted um so it did force me to to deal with them maybe not in the healthiest way, but again, we're, we're in our twenties. Like everything's not going to be peaches and rainbows. So, yeah. You bring up an interesting point and I did want to hear y'all's perspective on this is like the role of social media in the twenties, because I think that we grew up very interestingly, right? Cause we remember when it was like, no, nah, there wasn't really social media. Like we were just outside or with our friends or just going to school. And I think for like social media became big in I wanna say freshman year of high school for me, like that's when I was really on MySpace, but it was still not like instantly I could just capture these moments. And so now that we're in our twenties experiencing social media, like what role does it hold in your life and how have you balanced like social media and just like being present with what's actually going on for you? I think I have like a love hate, a love hate relationship with it. I mean, like I do pretty much everything. Um, but I mean, I like it because I'm able to really stay connected um, to people and um, just like we were talking about like meeting new people and doing stuff like the internet is a wondrous place. So this year, like we were talking about meeting people in quarantine and whatnot. Um, I made a new friend, like just off of Twitter, like, or was it off of Twitter or Instagram, Instagram, like she slid into my DMs. Um, 
And we ended up like, we're like best friends. Like we literally talk like multiple times a week on FaceTime. Like this is, that's my, that's my, my girl. Like, um, and we've even been able to like help each other out with like different projects. And so like, I love it for, for that fact of you can just network with pretty much anyone across the world. And especially as like a black queer person living in Ohio, like there's not many black queer folks here. Um, and so it's kind of like how I stay connected to, to different communities and things like that. On the same token, um, I feel like social media isn't just for being social, like it's, it's for, you know, building your brand and putting yourself out there. And it's like, I see, when I see people do that, like it's stuff I want to do. Um, but I just maybe like, don't know how, or I don't know what, or I'm, I'm just not there yet. And it makes me feel like I'm inadequate for like not doing that. Or I'm like, am I really, you know what I mean? Like I'm a PhD student, like I'm hopefully going to go on the academic job market. Um, and it's so weird to see people have like academic fame or like they're, they're academic famous on Twitter. Like, what is this? And it makes me feel like I'm not doing enough or I don't have good enough ideas or I'm not smart enough. Um, when I see people who have like 50,000 followers, um, and everyone hang their, like hangs on to their last words. Um, I'm like, what is that going to mean for me as a professional? Um, and if I like, if I choose to engage with that and it doesn't blow up, like then what? And if I choose not to engage with that, like, what is that going to mean? Like, who's going to know who I am without social media? That sounds really stupid, but it's things like, like my older advisors, they really don't get because they're like, oh, like they're already academic famous and nobody, nobody cares. Like you got famous off of theories. Like ain't nobody, I'm not about to get famous off of the theories. <laughs> Nobody's going to care. Uh, um, and so I don't know. It's 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 interesting to think about. I, I feel that so much. Um, I I have a love and hate relationship with the two. Like for a lot of the same reasons Tristan talked about. Um, Instagram is probably the one that pisses me off the most. God, I love and hate Instagram so much. Because like without it, how are people gonna know who I am? You know how are, how are my friends back home going to know how I'm doing? But it's also like. If I'm not posting, um, you know, kind of how you were talking, like I do my little fashion stuff and my little comedy things on there. And like, I get joy from doing it, but then I'm also like, I know somebody is probably wondering why this ain't amounted to nothing. And I wonder that too sometimes. I'm like, damn, why ain't I got 50,000 followers? You know, why not me? Why am I not the famous one yet? Um, and sometimes that, that gets me salty a lot of times. Um, but at the same time, I think I just have to always remind myself that it's like, it's, it, that ain't what this platform is necessarily for. That's what it can be, but that ain't really what this tool is for. The enjoyment that, the enjoyment that you get out of it is the realness, you know, just being able to entertain the few friends I got back home who watch my stuff is what I should be appreciating for. But then I'm like, you know, damn, man, I want to make money off of Instagram. I don't want to you know, get a real job like I got right now. So... I don't know. And I hate Twitter, but Twitter gives me the news. So it's like, I can't get rid of Twitter. Twitter's hilarious. But then I'm like, damn, people so mean. <laughs> That's a fact. I'm, I'm the same boat as y'all. Like, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok now, which I'm, I'm mad at myself for, like, being into TikTok because, you know, like, for a little while, I was one of them millennials that was like, yep. oh, these little Gen Zers with their little TikTok, and here I am talking about home decor, you know, like, <laughs> on TikTok looking foolish. <laughs> but not, like, I, it's so many times that I'd be on Instagram, I'd be like, dang, she making racks off of this one post. I'm like, well, shoot, I can, you know, stick my little butt out too. And I can, you know, take a little picture here or there, you know, like <laughs> I'm trying to make money, like just like everybody else. But I don't know. I, my relationship with, with social media is like, I desperately like want to be a part of it because like it brings so much joy sometimes, especially Twitter. Like it's so funny. Um, so very, very entertaining. But also, like, you know, all the, like, systems and whatever, like, 
they can be so time consuming and just like eat away at you. You know what I mean? Like whether it's um, whatever issue you may have, you may see somebody else with like something similar going through it, or you see someone else is doing better than you. You're always comparing. And I'm very much the type of person that compares myself because that's how I grew up. That's the household I grew up in. So it's like having to break that like thought of like trying to compare myself to this person or um, how well this person is doing and just focus on me is something that like social media has like really hurt me in because it's really hard to focus on yourself when you see everybody else seemingly do, you know, abundantly better. So. Should have had a topic on social media, how good this conversation is going. <laughs> yeah, I feel this so much. Like I, I think I've I think I've really talked to Tristan about this, about my social media debacle. Like I am fickle on social media. I am like, I'm gonna be on it. You're gonna see me every day. And then I'm gonna hop off and you're not gonna see me for weeks. And I'm on my hop off phase right now where I'm like, I'm about to have a podcast rollout. I need a break before I do all of that because it's it's the art of comparison that like really really freaks me out because as you talked about becky i already struggle with comparing myself like before social media even began i'm talking about in middle school like this girl we were both the girls with big boobs and i was comparing myself to her i said oh she's getting more attention than me like what is it about her you know what i mean so i think it's just like i think social media can be an additive to some of those insecurities that were already there like it can heighten it of it's like, well, I'm not where I wanted to be. And then I'm hopping on social media and I'm seeing this person, this, this in, in, and I think that's the reason why I like have such a hard time because I like it, but I don't like how consumed I feel when I'm on social media. Like, it's like, I have five, a five minute break. I'm about to just scroll on Twitter, on Instagram. What else could I be doing? And I think that's the hard part, but I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently about social media because I'm about to do this podcast. And the one thing I can say, like if social media is something that we're all interested in is just consistency. And like Marcus said, doing it because you want to like posting because you want to saying what you want to, because that's what you feel like and not necessarily looking for the outcome. And I've even been impressed with Tristan, like, you know, you've been on Twitter like a lot and I don't know if you still are cause I'm taking a break, but I know that your Twitter, since you moved to Ohio, has, like, you've been on it on a consistent basis. And I don't know if you realize that about yourself, but, you know, I was just like, dang, like, she's really, like, that's impressive, you know. And I think Marcus, too, you've always been doing whatever it is on your social media. And it's like, people are watching us, you know what I mean? Like, it may not seem like it because it's not 50,000, but 20 people are consistently watching you. An audience of one is still an audience. And... I think Becky, for you, like you are so talented, girl. Becky, you be making dresses and skirts and whole outfits and doing all this dope stuff. So it's like, if TikTok is your outlet to to let the world know how talented you are, then like, why are we, why are we shaming ourselves for what we're naturally good at? That's that's just my question. Sorry, that was like a speech. <laughs> but I get passionate. <laughs> just like out of curiosity, do y'all like be paying attention to like how your phone tells you how much screen time you have like for the week or whatever? I'm scared. I don't want to hear what my phone got to say. So honestly, like I know it's good. Like I know it's weird, but like I really think that like you all should at least look at like where you're at if you haven't, because like for a while when it was like that new update, I did notice, I was like, oh dang, I was at this many hours for the week. That's a lot. Like, look at Aaliyah doing it right now. Um, but then like for a while I was challenging myself. I was like, ooh, get down 5% next week, get down 5% the week after. And it's like, it's a fun way to like monitor your screen time. Cause in all reality, most of our screen time is coming from Instagram, Twitter, whatever, like that we're scrolling through. So, yeah. I actually have limits on my phone, so I'm not allowed to be on Instagram, like any social media for more than two hours a day, um, mainly because especially at the height of like quarantine, and I think even before quarantine, I was averaging like eight hours a day on just my phone on different things like that could be considered like on FaceTime and stuff like that. But like, I was like eight hours a day, dang, that's a full-time job. Like I'm on Twitter more than, <laughs> or I'm on my phone just in general more than I may be at work. Um, and I was like, that's not cool. 
And so I was like, okay, how can I get this down? And so, especially at the height of quarantine, when I just said, you know, screw it, like I'm gonna be on here. I was looking at how long, I was on social media for like six hours. And I was like, absolutely not, absolutely not. Cause it's not making me no money right now. Like it's not like Marcus said, like I'm not making money off of these posts. Like I'm really just scrolling. And so, nope, no more than two hours. It shuts off and I say, I say I'm done. And I get, it makes me get mad when it's like 12 p.m. And it's like, you have five minutes left. And I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> this is, and I think this is the thing too, is like being on it, but not like spending our leisure time watching other people is the balance I'm trying to have of like, I'm going to post on this because I want to, but I don't need to be just aimlessly scrolling for hours. I'm looking at this right now and my phone time average is like, or nine hours and 57 minutes. However, I looked at like the categories and I do spend, I do spend seven hours on, um, no, I, I spend, how does this work? What the heck? I do spend a substantial amount of time on like the, the reading and referencing part. So I do feel a little bit better about myself after I saw the nine hours. Need some app limits for me because I've been spending way too much time on social media for my liking. So yeah, I don't mind that much. But if I catch myself just scrolling on Instagram, I'll like throw my phone because I'm like, this isn't providing me entertainment or anything. Like for what? Like, and it's just not even like, what is that word when you just like, like, uh, like it's like a subconscious thing, like just grabbing my, like I'll just catch myself. I don't even want to be on here right now. Just scrolling to scroll, going back and forth between the same apps that you'd be going back and forth, like. You be seeing one new post every time because you just be going back and forth. But yeah, open Instagram, close it. Open Twitter, close it. Open Instagram again. Nothing changed. Same shit on Instagram. I close it on my phone and then I go back to do work on my computer and then next thing I do, open a new tab, Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) No, stop it. You gotta stop. Like literally, like I have to tell myself. I have to just leave my. I've gotten to the point now where like I'll get home from work and I'll just put my phone in my room and go to my living room for a couple hours. If somebody needs me, they'll call, leave a voicemail, then I'll get it. But mm-hmm. I don't need it. Just, why do I need to have it if I'm watching TV? That's what my eyes are doing. So That's so true. That's a really good point. It got to a point, like, in my early 20s where I was, like, it was almost like I had FOMO. Like, I didn't want to miss anything at all going on on my phone. You feel me? Like, because worst fear not fear but you know worst thing could happen was that i was gonna be around a whole bunch of people and they'd be like oh you saw what did it you know and i was like no i didn't like I- i'm out the loop you know so yeah <laughs> i'm glad i grew up out of that <laughs> no that's really real though y'all because june and july i was off my phone and during june and july y'all remember what was going on right that was everything with george floyd and brianna taylor and ahmaud aubrey and just everything else and like I was checked out That's on crazy. purpose though. Like I was like, I have to take a, I can't. Like I, I, there's no, like I already look at this. I already researched this every single day for work. You're not going to tell me that after eight hours of literally researching policy, I'm about to be consumed by whatever. No, there's no way. So it's, it's, it really is like a balance. That's real. I did not um, pay attention to the Megan Tory conflict that much i'm like this is i y'all let me know when it's over (laughs) don't have time for this right now (laughs) and now i know (laughs) now i know just wait it'll it'll solve itself but it's crazy because people will will really bring up stuff in conversation and like if you're not on social media i don't know how you're gonna know like so people were like you hear about it's so crazy it was when that uh that uh Jada Pickett and uh August Alcina uh, stuff came out. Yeah. They were talking about it at this little this little house warming. I said, "What y'all talking about? I haven't heard of it." <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that that's weird. How quick stuff can spread just from Twitter. I don't like that. I had a client ask me about like ice cube and trump she was like what do you think about this i was like first off i'm not the spokesperson the second off i don't know like i haven't even looked into it because i don't care (laughs) exactly 
<laughs> don't care. But that's what's so sad is like we a lot of us get our news that way. So it's like uh, this like really thin line between like okay, but I like I want to know what's going on. I want my news. Me personally, I've been all over Twitter these last couple of days. Like just like between Twitter and Safari, those are probably my two most used apps right now because I I'll need to know who's going to be our president if we be honest. So yeah, I mean, it's just like you're getting your news there. You're getting like other like valuable things from it on occasion. So it's like, if I'm not checking up on election polls, I'm gonna just scroll down Twitter real quick and then go back. <laughs> Twitter is valuable. The rest of the apps, well, TikTok is also valuable. You can learn a lot from TikTok. Valuable. TikTok is helpful, but Three. Snapchat, don't need it. Instagram, yeah. But I don't want to give it up because, like, I like posting pictures of myself. But <laughs> we like you posting pictures of yourself. We do uh, love the content. <laughs> All right, y'all. I know I catch y'all over. It was a really great conversation. I do have one departing question. Um, what is some advice you have for? I would say, like, folks who are in their early twenties about how to embrace the unknown of like what the rest of the the period of 20s is like if you're talking to your 22 year old self what would you say i feel like if i'm talking to my younger self like early 20 self or just any other introverts out there like in general it would be like as hard as it is and as painstaking as it is like put yourself out there like you you will gain so much just from putting yourself out there whether it's like new relationships platonic friendships like whatever if you do that um my other piece of advice would be like throw your card into any hat that you can to be honest like i know people will say like you know you don't want to get focused off of like one main goal but like we're in this day and age where like multitasking is real so like if you can put your put your card into any hat out there like put it in see what happens spend a little bit of time like do do what genuinely makes you happy i think my advice would be like number 1 like there's always better out there for you so if if it's not if it's not serving you don't don't do it if it's not making you happy leave if it's not supporting you like why are you why is it even part why are you crying over it like leave <laughs> there's always better out there always um so that would probably be number one and number two would be like what it what do you think you're gonna get from a five-year plan that you can't get from just I don't know, exploring and living. I was very calculated at 22 of like, I'm going to do, I'm going to go to this master's program. Then I'm going to do a PhD. And like, clearly that's where I am. And now I'm like, dang, like I could have traveled the world. Like I could have done this and that. I mean, I could still do it, but I'm a little bit more tied down. So I would tell my 22 year old self, like shoot for the moon and like land. If you land in the clouds, like that's not even that bad. You could land in the grass and you would still be okay. <laughs> Um, I think I tell a younger 20s me just enjoy the beauty and the struggle and know that there is fun and beauty in the struggle and that the struggle doesn't have to be all bad take as many pictures as you want enjoy every moment that comes even the rough moments because it's just gonna keep getting rough like it's gonna get more rough um, <laughs> but it's all about how you view and think about how rough it's gonna get because it ain't it ain't gonna get less rough to you like 34 probably from what i've observed um so you really might as well just enjoy it now while you can't enjoy it and probably work out a little more maybe i'll tell myself that too yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah. oh and try to save a little something Try try to save a little something, sis. Like, come longer. Like, you gotta do better, sis. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's actually facts. 
I think for me, like, I would say don't take yourself that seriously. It's like everyone is going through something. My life's not the center of the universe and other people's worlds are still moving as your world is moving. Um, and the less serious you take yourself, I feel the the easier it is to just embrace and enjoy life. Like life at times is as hard as we make it when things are like, I'm, t- I'm not talking about like external factors that are outside of our control, but the things that are in our control, like we have the power to make the best out of the situation. And so just like stop taking yourself that seriously, like just relax, have fun. You're 22. No one's expecting you to know everything at 22. Like, bro, just graduated from college. I don't know anything. So have more fun, relax. Um, well, I appreciate y'all for doing this with me. This was a, a little baby of mine for months, and I sat on this for a very long time. I was very, very nervous to do a podcast, but um, I, I asked people for this first season who are really near and dear to my heart, and um, you three certainly embody that. Chicago and everyone in my life from Chicago hold a very, very, very special place in my heart, and so I appreciate your time. and. I'm so excited to release this. This is the first episode. So thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Becky? <laughs> laughing at me? I'm just thinking about like how much I'm gonna hate seeing myself in a post. <laughs> like Oh, you're about to get posted on my story for sure. absolutely each of you individually. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I know you're you're very creative, so I'm sure I'll love it. Oh so cute. Y'all's are really pretty. I finished them yesterday. Cool. It was good seeing you guys. Yeah, man, same. Yeah. I go back to 2007 with that. Oh, one. me too. Sorry. <laughs> I know how like <laughs> my space days. <laughs> All right, y'all. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Lee. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Fine Tune Tuesday. I hope that you took some sort of insight away that will help you fine tune your approach to life. Please, please, please leave a comment, a review. Let me know what you think. Follow me on Instagram and continue to spread the word. I couldn't do any of this without you, my listener. Thank you again and have a beautiful rest of your day.